Hey guys, welcome back to the Swish Podcast. I'm Jake. And I'm also Jake. And today we have a very special episode. We have Angels pitcher Kenny Rosenberg. Kenny, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. How are you and how's the offseason going for you so far? Yeah, well, uh, thank you guys for having me on. Um, so far, so good. Yeah, it's been it's been nice to uh, kind of regroup here for a few weeks um, after uh, the longest season of my career, 150 games. Um, spent some time with, with my family, with my wife and, and our son. And yeah, like I said, just kind of be a normal person uh, for a couple of weeks and not worry so much about baseball and just enjoy it as a fan. It's been nice. Great. So our first question for you is what got you into baseball? Good, fair question. Yeah, uh, it was my dad. Uh, my dad had a, a passion for baseball. Um, growing up in New York City, he was a, uh, a Mets fan. Um, and so I grew up watching, you know, Tom Glavin. Um, you know, he, we followed the Yankees a little bit too. So uh, Andy Pettit. And then uh, growing up in the Bay Area, I grew up a Giants fan. Um, so I got to watch a lot of really good Giants teams. And so I think it was my dad's passion for the sport um, that kind of led me into um, playing in high school, well, obviously Little League and, and then in high school. Um, and I just got to watch really good baseball and I really enjoyed it. Um, and I just wanted to replicate it. I wanted to play in college. And um, ultimately, I, I did want to play professional. I didn't know how realistic a goal was um, at the time, but um, I just tried to take it one step at a time. And uh, I just, I loved watching it. I'm a huge, you know, student of the game, fan of the game. So to be able to play it um, and still be playing it um, at the highest level has been, has been really rewarding. So uh, were there like, like you kind of mentioned Tom Glavin, but were there any like pitchers you really liked watching growing up that you kind of wanted to like model your game after kind of? Yeah, I mean, being left-handed, I, I watched guys like Glavin and, and Pettit, you know, who had an incredible pickoff move. Um, and then later on, you know, Tim Lincecum, um, when he was with the Giants, Matt Cain, um, and uh, Kershaw, obviously, as well. For any left-handed pitcher, that's somebody you you watch and try to model yourself after. So, um, you know, I, I did watch right-handed pitchers, too. Like I mentioned, Lincecum and, and Cain and some of those guys who pitch for the Giants. But, um Early on, you know, my earliest memories of watching baseball with my dad was mostly, um, you know, Glavin, Pettit, Smoltz, that kind of era. Um, and then, you know, as I got older and I started understanding it better, that was when Kershaw and Linscombe, you know, the, the Giants Super Bowl teams. Um, and then, you know, now being able to watch it closer in person, um, you know, it's it's pretty amazing to see what goes into um, those guys' success and, and start to understand how they reach that level. It's really hard to do, but um, yeah, that's that's how I'd answer that. So what was the whole college recruitment process like, and how did you end up at Cal State Northridge? So my college recruitment process was probably pretty unique as far as MLB baseball players go. Um, I didn't have any Division One offers. Um, I didn't have any scholarship offers, not even a D2. Um, and a lot of my, my recruiting was pretty much done by myself. Um, I had a, a guy helping me with, you know, giving me tips and helping me upload YouTube videos. His name was Scott Madsen. Um, Scott Madsen. Um, 
and, and Scott helped me put together some video and, um, you know, kind of teach me how to communicate with colleges. And so I sent out, and at that time, like I said, I didn't have any division one offers. So I was mostly focusing on division three schools with a few lower tier D ones, local D ones like university of San Francisco, which I'll get to in a moment. Um, and just sending out video. Um, I was throwing at this point when I was a junior, I was probably throwing around 80, 83. Um, so I, I didn't have a ton of interest, like I said, um, but there was one coach, uh, the pitching coach at San Francisco, his name was Greg Moore. I went to a camp and we got along really well. And I think he saw something in me. Um, and San Francisco didn't have any offers for me, but the summer after I graduated, I was planning to go play division three at university of Puget sound and coach Moore got the head coaching job at Northridge. And uh, when I heard the news, I, I immediately texted him and I said, Hey, like, I, I'm sure I have the message somewhere, but I said, Hey, you know, you looking for any left-handed pitchers. <laughs> and, and he said, actually, you know, we'd love to have you. And um, so I went uh, no scholarship, just uh, just an opportunity to compete in the fall. And um, the funniest thing about that is at the time when I went to, when I went to campus and went through the entire fall into the spring the whole time I was there, I thought I was on the team. Like I thought I was, no matter what happened, I was like, oh, I'm on the team. I didn't realize that they had cuts for non-scholarship guys. And so that, <laughs> that uh, I think that probably helped me like a blissful ignorance where I, I was never worried about getting cut. And so I, I performed really well, no anxiety, nothing like that. And I did make the team um, that year. So yeah, that's how, that's how my, uh, recruiting process when it was uh, definitely interesting. So like, what was your like overall experience there? Like the whole college experience for you? Yeah. I mean, it was a lot of hard work. Um, Northridge is uh, more of a commuter school. Um, you know, it's in the San Fernando Valley. They don't have a football team. Um, a lot of the students who go there are, are traveling from other parts of LA. Um, and so you know, the athletic department was, was okay. They didn't have, you know, a, a long history of winning like a school like UCLA did, um, just for example. Um, and so for me, you know, my focus was to use the opportunity um, to pitch in front of um, scouts and, and things like that. Um, to potentially catapult um, my professional career. And so I just focused on, um, you know, just putting in the work every day. And again, Coach Moore was a great mentor for me, um, teaching me a lot about the mental side of the game and um, just what it takes to be a, a successful baseball player, but a, but a good person um, and a good husband and, eventually now father. And um, so a lot of those things that I learned in college, um, it wasn't just about baseball. It was just how to carry yourself. Um, and I think that really set me up for success in, in my um, professional career. So I know this is similar from the last question, but what, how is your whole experience at Cal State like? As far as like, uh, like socially or like specifically, what are you, um, what are you interested in hearing? Um, 
there wasn't uh well i met my wife there so i should probably she's she's sitting over here so i should probably make sure to mention i, I met my wife so that's my number one takeaway uh that that's uh that's definitely number one but uh i think um you know i i had a really good relationship with all my teammates and i had a lot of fun traveling to to play a lot of really good schools like fullerton and long beach and um I never got a chance to go to Hawaii, but we played against Santa Barbara, UC Irvine, and it just was a really good baseball conference. And so I really enjoyed being that close to um, that kind of competition and that, that skill level of, of athletes. And, and I certainly enjoyed, you know, spending time with my teammates and um, getting to, uh, you know, go to, you know, like my wife's volleyball games and, and things like that. And, and so, and, you know, like I said, we didn't have a football team per se. And it wasn't like, it wasn't like this big, you know, power five conference school, but, you know, I was still able to really um, enjoy um, the three years that I spent there. So what was it like getting the call that you were getting drafted by the, the Tampa Bay Rays in 2016? I mean, that's, that's the day at that point that I had been dreaming about my entire life. Um, you know, and again, I mentioned it earlier, I didn't really know that it would be possible or if it would ever come, you know? And, and so by that point, you know, after the season and I had hired an advisor who would eventually become my agent, Paul Cohen. Um, and, he, you know, he was in communication with, with teams. And so I had a pretty good idea that, you know, there was a chance I was going to get drafted in the, in the first 10 rounds. And um, so I kind of had an idea at that point, but, you know, just the nostalgia that I felt of thinking about a, a younger version of myself um, and what he would feel in that moment. And, and what I did feel was, was just pure joy um, and validation, you know, because you work so hard for so long and, you know, while that was just the first step in, in my career, it was a really, really important one. And um, I definitely enjoyed um, the time with my family and, and friends that I got to spend and um, just kind of soak that in for a few days before before reporting out to uh, beautiful Princeton, West Virginia. So what was that whole transition to pro ball like? Yeah, so I guess I'll start in Princeton because um, if you've never been to Princeton or you don't know anything about it, it's basically like five stoplights um, in the middle of, of the mountain in Appalachia. Um, you know, the locker room and, and the, the ballpark and the amenities aren't necessarily what you would expect when, you know, you're entering your professional career and you don't really know anything. So. Um, it was pretty gritty. I mean, there, it wasn't, it wasn't flashy. It wasn't glamorous by any means. And um, I think that that summer, I split the summer between Princeton and the spring training complex in Port Charlotte, Florida. But that summer really, uh, really prepared me for the rest of um, my minor league grind. Um you know, and finishing the, this year in AAA, I'm still in it to an extent, but you, you, under, you have to understand, um, you know, the, the situation that you're in and um, control the things that you can, like your work and, um, 
and the way you take care of your body rather than focusing on all oh, this, you know, this locker room stinks or, you know, I should be in double A instead of high or, you know, so-and-so got drafted higher than me and I'm better than him and all this stuff that you can get lost in, especially at the lower levels. Um, so I think that that first summer in Princeton was kind of humbling. And, um, you know, if you don't love the game, that's kind of the thing that will knock you out, you know, be, the travel, the bus rides, you know, in 2017, when I was in the Midwest league, you know, our shortest bus ride was five and a half hours. Um, longest was like 13. So if you didn't love baseball, you would have, you would have known at that point that maybe this wasn't for you. So I, I just think those um, early experiences for me um, were extremely important um, and reaffirmed my passion for the game and um, set me up for, um, for success at the, at the higher levels and the highest level. So like jumping to this past year, what was it like, uh, Getting to call the, getting the call to play in the big leagues for the Angels. So this is actually a funny story. Um, I had been in minor league camp for all of spring, and so I didn't really have any expectations to be with the big league team in April, obviously. And um, you know, I, I end up going to Salt Lake City, and I made one start in Tacoma against the Rainiers, the Mar Mariners affiliate. I pitched well, four innings, no runs. And um, we went back home after that week um, around mid-April. And then uh, in preparation for my next start, I was throwing my normal side. But my focus, I felt good about where my fastball and my changeup were at. So my focus for that bullpen, you know, typically when I when I have my in-between start bullpens, I have like a – something that I'm, that, that I'm striving for, like a goal. If it's a pitch that I'm working on or a location or a particular sequence or something mechanically, there's always something that you're, you know, working on. So I was working on sliders and curveballs that day. So I probably threw 35 pitches, 25 were breaking balls. Probably it was, I threw a lot and I got the call that night after the game from, uh, from our manager and um, I was, like, buzzing, right? I was just buzzing. I, I couldn't wait to get to Houston. I was so excited. Uh, or actually, no, it was Arlington, uh, not Houston, that they were at at that point. And so I pack up my, my baseball bag, and I go home. And I on my way home, I get a call from our pitching coordinator, Dylan Axelrod. And Ax, you know, asked me, hey, would you be good to pitch two innings or, you know, roughly 50 pitches tomorrow? Now, keep in mind, I just threw 35, mostly sliders. And I was like, I had this moment of panic where I'm like, I don't think I should throw 50 pitches tomorrow. Like, I, I barely, you know, I would never do that in reality. I wouldn't throw that many pitches, let alone that many breaking balls, and then go pitch again even more the next day. So I told him, and I was like, man, like, I can't believe I'm saying this, but no, I, I don't think I don't think I should do that. And I got a call about 10 minutes later saying, hey, you know, we're, we're actually, we're not going to call you up. Um, we're going to wait. And I'm like, oh, my God, did I just miss my one opportunity to go to the big leagues? Like, did I just ruin that? And um, Alex Tamman, our assistant uh, GM um, and 
mad props to him for doing this because I was certainly upset. Um, he called me the next day and was just like, Hey, like you did the right thing. 150%. Like we would much rather have you be honest and, and make a decision like that. Um, then come out here and maybe get injured or pitch badly. Like you 100% did the right thing. So I kind of had a sigh of relief at that point. And then, um, still didn't know if I was going to get another call or when, and two days later I got that call again. And, uh, I went up and made my debut in Houston, but for a moment there, I thought I had talked my way out of a promotion to the big leagues. So it's definitely a story that I'll, uh, that I'll remember for my whole life. So what was it like pitching in Yankee Stadium? Mm. I mean, the whole the whole experience of um, being in that ballpark, um, you know, so much history associated with the pinstripes. And um, I watched the Yankees so many times growing up and um, – you know, they were pretty ruthless in the bullpen, um, tripping Noah Syndergaard, who was warming up to, to start that day. And, um, you know, I knew what their lineup was capable of. And, um, you know, I, I knew what my role was, too. So I was, I was pretty well prepared. And I knew when Noah, you know, got into some trouble in the third inning that it would be me who was going to go in. So when I got that call, I was ready. Um, and it's crazy to say, but like, you're just so focused. Like when you do something thousands and thousands of times, like you just, you rely on your routines and um, it's just, there's a certain level of comfort in doing that. You know, like, I feel like I get nervous, like golfing with my buddies more than I did in Yankee stadium because like I, I stink at golf and I, I don't practice very much. So like, I, I just, there's less comfort in that, but even though it was Yankee stadium against at that point, probably the best team in baseball. Um, I had just pitched so many times and, and worked so diligently to get to that point that it was just comfortable for me to be on the mound. Um, and, you know, I give a lot of credit to the the coaching staff and um, my catcher that day, Max Stassi, who just simplified things for me. And um, allowed me to relax um, and uh, just focus on executing pitches, right? And, you know, we had a good plan that those guys uh, in the front office do do a really good, good job um, setting you up to pitch to your strengths and understanding, you know, what pitches would work better against certain hitters. And uh, like I said, Stassi putting the fingers down or pushing the buttons, <laughs> I guess. Um, so, yeah, I was, I was quite comfortable. Um, even though, you know, it's a big stage, I just, uh, I was just ultra focused on just executing one pitch at a time. What was it like uh, striking out Aaron Judge? Was that a cool moment for you? For sure. For sure. Um, I'd be lying if I said no, um, especially with the season that he had, how historic that was. And, um, you know, in the situation too, I mean, bases loaded, but I think it was one out. Um you know, I, I had gotten myself in a little bit of trouble. I think it was like a walk hit, maybe another walk. Um, and, you know, I actually had a moment at that point in the game where, you know, crowds going wild, judges coming up to play, we're losing, obviously. Um, 
know, when I came in. So, um, and I just thought to myself, I was like, this is what it's all about. You know, like this is what as a, as a competitor and as, as a professional, like that's the situation you want to be in. You know, obviously I would like to go three up, three down every inning, but bases loaded, judge at the plate, you know, that's, that's the kind of situation that you, that you want, you know, it makes you better, you know, whether you succeed at that point or you fail, um, you want that opportunity. Um, so yeah, that's, that, that one's definitely memorable. So uh, what, what are your goals for the upcoming season? Like, what are you hoping to accomplish? Yeah, it's, frankly, I know it's a, a simple question, but it's a great one. Um, you know, I think, I think a lot of my goals are um, team oriented and um, work oriented, if that makes sense. Like you can't necessarily control like results. So I would never say like my goal is to have like a, sub three ERA or anything like that. Right. Or win X many games. Um, so my, my main goal is, is to make the team out of spring training. That would be number one. And again, that is out of my control. Um, but what I can do is I can put myself in a position this off season with my work and, and my training and refining my, my pitches that um, I could, um, you know, actually, kind of force the team's hand right and just um you know be so ready for spring and just show them that i can that i can help the team um sooner rather than later um you know i do feel like i um i showed that that i can help in some capacity whether that's starting long relief or whatever the team needs um and i want to win especially um with the group they have. I mean, it's such a, such a talented group um, when they're all on the field. And, uh, you know, I would just, I would love to make the playoffs. I would love to pitch in these games that I've been watching on TV these last couple of weeks. And, um, you know, those are just the moments you dream about. So um, yeah, I would say one, make the team two help the team win uh, three, win a world series. I mean, the personal stuff, um, statistics awards now that's all that important that just comes with with dedication and work and um consistency so um yeah that my focus is just being consistent and um just searching for ways to get better i quickly want to ask like what's it like playing with like shohei and and trout and like have you learned anything from those guys like those are the two best guys two best players in baseball yeah. Um, you know, I would say I, I probably learned more from Shohei, obviously, you know, watching uh, Mike go about his business is extremely impressive. And, um, you know, the kind of leadership that he exhibits through actions rather than words is, is certainly something to, um, to aspire to, but, um, you know, just the way Shohei approaches, um, his throwing and his pitching, I mean, you can tell that every single throw he makes, every single movement he makes is with purpose. Um, I'm sure you, you may have heard stories about how he doesn't throw hard until he actually gets into the game. Like his, his pregame bullpens, he'll throw like like high 80s at most. And he's very meticulous with, with the way that he spins the ball and the care that he puts into each throw. So I think just watching – 
kind of stoicism, right? He's just very calm. And um, it's certainly something that, that I, that I took notice to um, and try to implement in my game. So we're going to shoot some rapid fire questions now at you, Kenny. And our first is what's your favorite moment in your career? Mm, uh, favorite moment in my career, huh? I, I would say, I, I would say probably striking out Alvarez. Um, you know, a lot of guys would be like, yeah, my MLD, MLB debut. Um, but for me, like it's a moment, right? So like the first strikeout is cool. Uh, but I had faced Jose Siri in the minors. Um, he had gotten me before I'd gotten him. There was some familiarity there. Pitched myself into a little bit of a pickle. Um, you know, gave up a run three, two count Jordan, you know, one of the best hitters, if not the best hitter in baseball at that point. Um, and to execute a good pitch three, two with a loud stadium, um and, and get a strike out there I, that was um yeah i just proud of the way that i that i control my emotions in that moment so i'd probably go there judge is a close to i mean yeah it's hard that's tough that's a tough question hopefully hopefully i can can top both of those next year uh so you met we, we were talking about yankee stadium before but would you say that's your favorite stadium or is there another one you played in really liked Seattle. Um, you know, the roof was open. It was a beautiful day. I don't know, something about Seattle. Uh, I've always loved the Northwest. So I, I would say so far, um, probably Seattle. Fenway was really cool too. I didn't pitch there, but um, just being able to sign the wall and just, you can, I mean, you can feel the history in that park. Worth on your favorite teammates you've played with? Favorite teammates? Oof. Any any team or this year or do you want it to – does it not matter? I mean, to me. some majors and some minors. Okay. Um, yeah, I mean, the, the group that I grew up playing with is definitely number one for me. Guys like uh, Miles Mastroboni, Josh Lowe, Dalton Motes, um, Phoenix Sanders, Tyler Zombro. Um, you know, I, I kind of grew up with those guys, you know, pitching in, in high and double-A and triple-A. Um, and then this year, you know, we had a really group in Salt, good group in Salt Lake City. Um, in the big leagues, I think Anthony Rendon, it's, it's like a tough love kind of situation. He called me out on the bus and made me sing and I was terrible. And so he made me sing again and, um, kind of put me in the hot seat. Nobody knew me. Right. But I, I just felt like Tony, um, kind of just forced me into the spotlight and, and I appreciated that in hindsight. And our, our final question of the interview is, uh, what's your favorite sports movie? Oh, sports movie. Mm, man. I should have this answer just ready. I would say the one that, that I remember the most enjoying as a kid was Rookie of the Year. Um, I get like Rowan Gardner a lot, like Rosen Gardner guys always called Rosenbagger, you know, so kind of, you know, I enjoyed watching that movie when I was younger and then, you know, it kind of carried over and I would get, I would get called uh, nicknames like that. So we'll go rookie of the year. Okay. Thanks so much, Kenny, for an awesome interview. We hope you have a great rest of your day. Thank you. Appreciate it, dude. You guys did a great job, by the way. Keep at it. All right. Thank you so much. Thank you. All right, guys.